Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Cameron Brown is an international keynote speaker, high-performance coach, and has just returned from delivering the closing talk at Italy's largest TEDx event. He loves helping people step up to their next level of excellence and showing what's possible when we tap into our limitless potential. Welcome, Cameron Brown. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks, Lily. Thanks for having me. Well, Cameron, you are my first second time guest. I feel, I feel extremely special right now. <laughs> you know, our initial conversation was featured in Master Leadership episode 43, and that was March 13, 2017. It's been over a year. Mm. So what's been going on since then? A lot's been going on. I've just finished up an 18-month project that took me to 10 countries across four continents. Um, that was really about showcasing what's possible when we use technology to leverage our abilities and to leverage our impact in the world. And that was absolutely incredible. There was a TEDx talk, uh, the closing talk at Italy's largest TEDx event, uh, became the National Geographic Explorer, which was amazing. Um, <laughs> there was a, you know, well over a million organic views of the videos. And yet, you know, further speaking engagements that have happened and other engagements that are coming up to really uh, help people thrive in today's digital age and do it in a really effective way. You've been busy. Mm, there's been a lot going on. <laughs> so your project, it's a music video. It's awesome. It's called There Is Still Time. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I was invited to deliver the closing talk in Rome, Italy's largest TEDx event. That was earlier this year. And I wanted to give a talk where I not only talked about it, but actually showed how it was done. And so I delivered a talk about the surprising power of curiosity and how when we blend that with modern technology, we can speed up and magnify our creativity, our innovation, and our impact in the world within organizations and within our personal life as well. And again, I wanted to show firsthand on stage that I'd already had a lot of experiences, especially over the past 18 months, where the many views around the world, reaching that many people, and, and all of the things that had happened in my own company, and that surprising power of curiosity had definitely played a major role in that, as well as the technology. But I wanted to show again how quickly things could happen and how we can do it faster than we've ever been able to before. And so in the four months leading up to the talk, I secretly worked with more than 80 people from 40 countries around the world. We recorded a video that included all of those people. They recorded a part of the song that I wrote while traveling the world last year and recorded in their country. So we had people in front of mountains and rivers and castles and ruins and all these other crazy locations around the world. And we pulled that all together into an animated split screen video that played while I played the song live on the stage on a grand piano and that played on the big screen on the stage. So incredible project to bring all together. We also, for my part of the video, we transported a grand piano out to Garden of the Gods in Colorado, which was amazing at sunrise. And yeah. it was incredible to capture that on drone and other close up video footage. And I think the, the most powerful thing about this, which was done deliberately is every single relationship that 
was involved in this project, every relationship was built through digital technology. So you uh, never, never met them? We've never met in person before the project. We never knew each other even existed. And as I mentioned, it was done deliberately like that to show how fast you can build relationships, how fast you can connect at a deep level, and how quickly things can happen and you can build remarkable things that simply wouldn't have been possible even just a few years ago. And that was really to demonstrate that. And again, to really drive home the point that curiosity, when you open yourself up to the sea of possibility and then use technology to speed up the rate at which you can create solutions to any of the challenges that you're experiencing right now, you're able to do that faster than ever. In a time where technology and specifically social media is copying a pretty bad rap right now. Yes. Um, you know, when it comes to behavioral challenges like depression, anxiety, suicide, mm-hmm. narcissism, lower levels of empathy, not just in younger people, but in the adult population as well. I really wanted to drive this home that technology isn't the problem here. It's pointing to it. It's magnifying it. That if unconsciously we believe we're not enough, then we will try to fill that void with external sources. But the pleasure is short-lived while the long-term pain then gets magnified. And so for me, technology has been an absolute beautiful thing because uh, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have had the opportunities if it wasn't for that technology. But we really do have to be conscious about how we're using technology, be purposeful in how we're utilizing it, because otherwise it will use us and that will lead to the challenges that we're seeing in the world right now. This is so interesting to me because I kind of shifted myself because I have a 15-year-old and he's developing relationships via social media. Mm -hmm. And there was such a fear as a parent. But then I had to really reflect upon the fact that I build relationships via social media and they're healthy. And it's about teaching our young, well, teaching people in general how to do that, right? You raised a good point. Yes, it is absolutely youth. And we'll talk about an adult population in a moment as well. But I mean, I believe one of the most valuable skills that we can develop in our youth is emotional intelligence, is Mm -hmm. understanding why I feel the way that I feel, why I think the way that I think, and how I can actually do something about that to change it if I want to. Because we are being exposed to an ever-increasing level of stimuli in the world social media being one of those things. And that's only going to continue speeding up. And so if we already have a fear, let's say within a child, a fear of not belonging or a fear of not being respected by their peers and social media can speed up the rate at which they feel like they don't belong, in which they feel bullied, in which they feel are not good enough. And just as the opposite can be true as well. But if kids aren't aware as to why they're experiencing those emotions. For example, why is it that somebody says something to me? Is that something to do with me? Is it something to do with them? Is it something to do with a pattern of behavior that's playing out? Usually it's a pattern of behavior that's playing out. You're just part of that pattern. And if a younger population can become aware of that, not only is it just becoming aware of it in our normal lives, it's becoming aware of it in our digital lives as well, which is with us increasingly 24 hours a day, right? And adults as well, you know, we see the increase of narcissism in the workplace and studies coming out about that now that narcissism is on the increase. Now, is it that narcissism is actually on the increase or is it that there's mediums for narcissism to be able to come through in an easier way? I don't know the answer to that. I think studies will show that as time goes on. Maybe there's a bit of both. But again, how to be able to deal with some people like that within a workplace, a leader that has that. 
how do you deal with that? That comes again back to emotional intelligence, understanding mm. why these patterns of behavior are playing out in the first place and then being able to do something about it. But you're seeing now there are other situations, some high profile from a suicide point of view. Yes. You, that's like a worst case scenario. Just imagine how many people are suffering that haven't felt that that's the only way out or at a smaller amount of that in the form of stress or excess stress. Uh, maybe there's small amounts of depression or feeling sad or feeling lonely or feeling isolated or feeling not good enough or feeling rejected or feeling like they can't live up to the expectations. There's imposter syndrome. There are so many different things, so many different patterns that are playing out that if we aren't consciously aware as to why they're occurring and how we can actually do something about it, then as we are continuing to be exposed to an increasing level of stimuli, which will continue to happen as technology continues to grow and evolve and become even faster in its development, we're going to continue to be exposed to those external environments that mm. expose us to the patterns of behavior that are playing out, which come from our limiting beliefs. And that's, I believe, one of the most important and valuable things that we can develop as human beings, not just kids. This is adults. This is middle-aged, elderly population can develop because otherwise we're going to see much greater challenges coming up than what we're seeing right now. And I believe these kinds of conversations need to happen often. So thank you so much. Now, getting back to your project, there is still time. What's the message behind that? I mean, the music video itself, it, it really is. The message is there is still time. There is still time for us to turn things around. There is still time for us to have hope and to put things into action. But it is going to take each and every one of us to take responsibility for that. To just talk about it, to just say, yeah, we need to change the world. That's okay, but we have to take responsibility for our actions. We need to be auditing our lives and auditing our companies and auditing each area that we are living and breathing on this planet and take a good hard look at ourselves to work out, are we actually being good stewards of our planet right now? Are we being good stewards of our lives? Are we being good stewards of our communities? Because there are usually going to be things, and because there is always another level, there are going to be things that you can be doing on a day-to-day -day basis that could be shifting the way in which we are treating ourselves, treating each other, treating the planet. That comes down to the way that we run our companies and ensuring that companies are doing so and running their companies in a way that's not only good for themselves, but good from a planetary point of view as well. And that's not only a good thing from being a good steward of the planet, it's making business sense now. There's more studies coming out now showing that people are more willing to pay a little more for a product or service if they perceive that it's better for the planet. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. It's amazing. That's only going to continue to grow as we become more and more conscious about our buying decisions and about how they affect our planet as well. So it was really to demonstrate, not only within the TEDx talk in Italy, you know, being able to go out to the world of inspiring people to use curiosity and use a blend of technology then as well to leverage their impact in the world, but also, yeah, to drive home the message that there is still time for us to change things, but we are going to have to use these ways in which we can change the world and use them consciously, purposefully to ensure that we have the best chance of evolving through this period of massive change that we haven't even begun to see yet. You think things have changed now? You wait what's happening in the next five to 10 years. We can't even begin to imagine how fast things are going to evolve. If we don't become more conscious about how we are interacting with those changes, one of the songs that I wrote, I go, see, we can speed this up one way or another. It can bring us closer to each other 
or it can send us further apart. See, it enhances who we already are. I suppose that's a clue for where we should start, a love for all that we are. And that really comes back to what we've talked about so far about the love for all that we are is really understanding the patterns of behavior that are playing out as we're interacting with people, with the world. When we understand that and understand ourselves and can adapt to ourselves and adapt to the changing situations that are going on, all of a sudden, we're able to adapt to change, which is, again, one of the most valuable skills that we can develop in the world today because the world is changing very, very fast and is only going to continue speeding up. But I think that's, it's a beautiful thing to develop in every area of life and business and leadership because that is the one thing that is going to change faster than ever now is change itself. And you know, Cameron, I mean, this speaks to my heart because the big question in education is how do we prepare our students for this ever-changing future, right? But I always bring it back to, well, if you teach leadership skills, they will be prepared for anything that comes at them. Yeah, I think this is really, really important because when it comes to students, you got to think about what are the skill sets that kids are going to need in order to thrive in the digital age? And it's not so much going to be the stuff that you have to remember mm-hmm. because the stuff that you have to remember, that's going to get automated. There are going to be robots that do that better than us. Right. That's coming. That's just plain fact. It's just a matter of time before that occurs. We're already starting to see it happen. There's automation happening in many roles right now that were previously valuable roles for people. And this is where it comes. Our ability to adapt to change, which is ultimate leadership, is our ability to continue to adapt to change no matter what you're being exposed to then. Because then the beautiful thing is, it doesn't matter what technological advances come, you're able to adapt again and again and again and again and utilize them to get an even better outcome utilize them to change the world, utilize them to solve our world's greatest challenges. All of a sudden, you've got an extremely valuable skill that it doesn't matter what comes in the world. I'm very excited about the future because I look at already for me personally, within the company that I run, you know, technology, again, it's about the adaptability to change. I'm looking forward to things like augmented and virtual reality becoming even more prominent because I'll be able to use them on stage in the speaking engagements that <laughs> I have to really yeah, create beautiful, amazing experiences, right? To be A hologram, to- Cameron. Yeah, totally. Those kinds of things are becoming more and more available. I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about robotics and artificial intelligence. I'm excited about all of those things because it's going to allow the company to continue to evolve even greater. That has to be the case for everybody involved in the world today is having people, having students that can adapt to change, that are forever curious, that are nurturing their creativity, that are learning how to create space for that, which allows that creativity to flow through us and then utilize technology to make an even greater impact in the world. Beautifully said. Thank you. Now, here's a confession, Cameron. Hmm. I have crushes. Still. (laughs) So currently, my TED Talk crush is Sir Ken Robinson. Yep. My book crush is Dr. Brene Brown. My Facebook Live crush is Dr. Holly Kelly and Eric Reed. Of course, my leadership crush is Dr. John Maxwell. And my social entrepreneur crush is Cameron R. Brown. Well, they're all amazing, (laughs) amazing people, right? (laughs) And here's the reason. I look for people whose hearts and minds are at work. And you are a global visionary, Cameron. You see things from 30,000 feet up, maybe even higher. 
and you're consistent. And I love to watch the things that you create and you believe in people, you value people. There are not many people who can sustain that. What are your challenges and how are you sustainable? Yeah, well, first up, thank you. I'll pay you later and uh, <laughs> saying that. Uh, no, that, that, I mean, that means the world to me. That means a lot. And I, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, from a sustainability point of view, there's actually a couple of good things to mention here. First, I find is the ability and willingness to step up to new levels of thinking that are required. And I think one of them really drove home for me when I was living in the Colombian rainforest last year for a project. And there was trees being cut down in front of my eyes mining companies moving into pristine areas of jungle. It was a extremely contrasting time because here I was in this absolute majestic beauty at the same time experiencing things that I'd never experienced before firsthand. Sure, I'd seen things on video, but oh, wow, it's a different story when you're actually seeing it happen in front of your eyes. Mm. Um, and it was in that moment that I felt very, very small, very small. Like, what am I even doing here? As, as if the stuff that I'm doing is even making an impact in the world. And there was a moment of despair and apathy that came up there. And it took for me to shift my thinking to be able to be optimistic. And it came, there was a situation that happened after a day of seeing that. And I walked down to a river with my backpack on. I, the place I was staying didn't have windows. So I took my backpack with all of my technology and video equipment and computers and all that kind of stuff down to this river. So just to take with me, just in case. I took it down with me, found a spot and uh, went to sit down. And as I sat down, I slipped and started falling back a little. And what happens when you're falling back a little and, and you have a very heavy backpack on is you have no choice but to go back. And so like I fell back, my head smashed against the rock on the back and my right arm bent in a really weird way. And I sat back up and was in a bit of pain or a fair bit of pain. <laughs> and then one of the first things that popped into my mind, I was sitting next to this river and it was Jane Goodall, a beautiful, amazing human being, who once said, uh, there's still a lot left that's worth fighting for. And that's mm. what popped into my mind. And I thought, yeah, fair call. Okay. And it was in that moment that I realized that I need to be a human being that can withstand such things in the world, such external circumstances, environments. Because if I don't become that person then how am I going to inspire millions of people around the world? How can I continue to inspire over many years? Now, here's a woman who for decades has been able to maintain that hope and optimism. And I think that comes down to having great people to be able to look to and see how did they think? How did they move through the challenges they were experiencing and being exposed to, to be able to still stay optimistic and stay hopeful? And so that's a big one, mm -hmm. is, is continuing to up-level my thinking to be able to withstand increasing levels of contrasting experiences i think is probably a good way of explaining that at the end of the day anyone can be good when things are going well anyone can be on top of the world when things are great but it's when all hell is breaking loose it's when things are dire when you're exposed to things that challenge the hell out of your beliefs and really put you in interesting positions that's the real making of you and i think that's the real making of leadership is the ability to continue being a person of influence a person of inspiration even when those situations are going on. So that I would say is one of the biggest lessons from the past 12 months, especially. And then I'd say the other is sustainability of personal excellence. I work with a lot of leaders and a lot of founders of companies and others doing good things in the world. And one of the things is about ensuring that they're able to maintain that personal excellence. And I think 
the great work that you mentioned there about sustainability of excellence. Because again, anybody can be excellent in certain situations, but being able to do that in a sustainable fashion long-term, again, I think that's the real making of somebody and the real foundations of a leader, of being able to lead other people is first being able to lead yourself. A big part of that is managing your energy. And I'll be completely honest, there's been a couple of times where I felt completely exhausted. You know, and it's about being conscious of that to be able to then understand, right, what are the things that I need to put in place that will ensure that I can continue to sustainably manage my energy? And a lot of that comes down to how I'm treating myself. And that comes down to what I eat, what I drink, you know, what I put into my body, how I treat my body in terms of health and well-being, exercise, you know, well-being from that point of view, meditation, yoga, other ways in which I can treat my body with love and respect to ensure that I'm serving myself in the best way possible. Because when I serve myself and allow all of my emotional needs and physical needs to be taken care of internally, first and foremost, it allows me to then focus the majority of my energy on others and the planet. And I think that's really important. And not only from a physical point of view, which are the things that I mentioned just now, but also from an emotional standpoint, it's about becoming your own best friend. And I've really driven home for myself, for my clients as well, because here's the thing, you think about it, mm-hmm. if you're not your own best friend, you've got the amount of people that go through these challenges where they are either their own worst enemy or a variation of that, where they're kicking themselves when they're down or when they're up, they're saying it's not going to last. These experiences that we have where we're totally honest, we're not our own best friend. The energy that goes into fighting that battle is all internal. And so the energy that gets expended from that experience, when you're trying to change the world or you're trying to lead people or you're trying to change the education system. And so when you're trying to change things internally as well as change things externally, whatever you're focusing on as to the impact that you're trying to make in the world externally and fighting these battles internally as well, that's a huge amount of energy that you're expending that is not sustainable long-term if you're having to go through that much energy expenditure. And so if you think about it, if you've got your internal world taken care of where instead of kicking yourself when you're down and saying it's not going to last when you're up, you're actually supporting yourself when you're down and celebrating your successes when you're winning. And all of a sudden, it's this beautiful journey that you're going on together. You're co-creating with the universe. And all of a sudden, all of the energy or at least the overwhelming majority of your energy internally is going towards supporting your mission, supporting the direction you're going in. And so there's not this contrasting battle for energy. It's all going in the same direction. And by doing that, it allows you to then focus and spend the overwhelming majority of your energy on others, on the planet. And that is much more sustainable because all of a sudden you're not having to fight all of these battles that could have been overcome if you had learned, again, the stuff that we talked about to begin with about emotional intelligence. Um, because that's what that really is. It's, it's, again, emotional intelligence isn't about getting rid of your challenges. Mm-hmm. It's about understanding why are those challenges occurring and how can I shorten the time frame from when that challenge is occurring to when I overcome it. So all of a sudden, that battle that you're going through, you realize, huh, I was procrastinating there, or I was sabotaging my pattern here, or I was trying to overpower in my leadership here. I was trying to control situations here. I wasn't effective in delegation here. Why is that? What's going on there? What is it that's holding me back from actually going forward with this in a confident manner 
and allowing me to overcome this. Why is it that I'm not delegating? Is it because I have trust issues? Is it because I haven't been able to learn how to let go because of something that happened earlier on in my career or earlier on in my life? Why aren't I able to trust this person? Is it that they aren't trustworthy or is it actually some BS that's going on in my own self that's leading me to believe that that's going on? Why is it that I'm judging people? Yeah, all of a sudden these patterns of behavior come to the surface and the way I see it is that we are continually exposed to external environments that allow us to overcome the internal challenges that we have. It's just that most people aren't listening. Mm. And so they keep repeating the same patterns over and over and over again. I've coached enough people now over the past eight years. And most of the people that I coach are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s in terms of age group. Mm. Most people are adult bodies. Mm-hmm little kids inside yes and they just haven't learned how to overcome and how do i know this because the first thing that i do with a client is i do a breakthrough day with them and almost every single time the reason why the biggest pattern of behavior that they haven't been able to overcome the biggest Mm -hmm. limits that they place on themselves Mm -hmm. go back to when they were somewhere between four to seven eight years of age each time It's just that their world has just been a repeating pattern of that over and over again. And then it goes into their work life. It goes into their relationship life. It goes into their personal life. It goes into each area of their life because it becomes generalized from a specific situation that happened many, many years ago. We've got to learn how to overcome these challenges. Otherwise, again, we're just setting ourselves up for more pain. Hey, leaders, let's talk health. Now, I wouldn't recommend something that I haven't researched tried and found to be effective. Full-spectrum organic CBD oils from HempWorks have been tested and documentation is available for your review. It has helped me and many others to improve digestion, increase energy, and sleep better, among other things. A great support for our physical sustainability, and as leaders, we all need that. So go to hempworks.com forward slash ML360. That's H-E-M-P-W-O-R-X dot com forward slash ML360 and try a bottle to experience what many are talking about. Place an order, then email Lily, L-I-L-Y at masterleadership360.com to receive a free copy of the Master Leadership Journal for heart, mind, and soul sustainability. From my experience, what I've found is that most people are afraid to go there and to heal from their past so that we can move forward, right? In a lot of cases, yes. And in other cases, it's afraid and I don't know why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is that we end up burying it into the unconscious mind. Right. And so it just comes up as, I don't really understand why I judge myself so harshly. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand why I can't really connect with people. I find it really difficult to trust people and I don't really know why. And so all of a sudden it becomes, it feels like there's something wrong with me. And because the awareness isn't there, when I'm coaching somebody, when I'm going through that breakthrough day, we're getting back to why that occurred in the first place. And there's just this, usually it's like this massive aha moment of, oh my gosh, that's why it was happening. Again, it becomes... Emotional intelligence is first. You've got to have the awareness as to why it's occurring in the first place. Once you've got the awareness about it, 
then you can go about changing it with specific tools and strategies to be able to shift those belief systems and break through them. And there's specific things to do around that. But first and foremost, you've got to understand and get to the core of why it's really playing out. This is why I say that technology isn't the core problem here. It's pointing to it and it's magnifying it. Yeah. Technology is simply a magnifier. And when we realize that, then we can understand that the patterns of behavior that are playing out in social media now, where we're seeing the early studies showing increase of depression, increase of anxiety, lower levels of empathy, increase of narcissism. These patterns are simply that. Patterns of behavior that are just repeating over and over again, just in different forms. And now at an ever increasing rate, because we're being exposed to an ever increasing rate of stimuli. Cameron, you speak about coaching a lot, and that's something I speak about as well. How important is it to have a coach speak into your life? Yeah, I think it depends on where you're at right now. The way I see it is that you can always benefit from a good coach. A bad coach? Maybe not so much. Not so much. Uh, you know, but, but somebody who can shed light on areas that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to see. I remember when I first started going through my own development. I invested a huge amount of money, a huge amount of time in going through massive transformation. I look at the moments that I realized as to why I was holding myself back. And I don't know if I ever would have uncovered them if it wasn't for having Mm -hmm. that coaching. Or at least if I did, it might've been years before I realized it. So I think the way Mm -hmm. in which you're having a high quality coach in place it ends up being somebody who can be a tour guide who can shine the light on areas that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to see. And I think that's a really powerful thing to have. Now, whether you have a coach, whether it's you know, a one-on-one environment, that's a, an outstanding way to go. There can be a group environment like a workshop or it could be you know, getting online to a video series or a book. I've had great insights from books, but I find that that nature of working in an intensive format can pay massive dividends because it allows you to break through things really rapidly and let go of those things that would otherwise hold you back for many years. And the way I see it is that I value time much more than money because I can always make more money. I can't get back my time. Absolutely. Well said. You know, Cameron, I'm always looking on social media. When I see you, I'm always wondering where in the world is Cameron? (laughs) (laughs) And I think I saw a segment or a post somewhere asking, where in the world is Cameron Brown? So where are you? Right now, at the time of this recording, I am in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Yeah, I am actually in the process of moving to the US to continue doing further speaking engagements here across North America, especially the multi-sensory experiences when I have a grand piano on stage and then utilize film footage from around the world. So yeah, very excited about being in North America and helping to make a greater impact in this space through the the speaking and coaching here. Well, we're excited about that too. Um, (laughs) So when I see you on social media, it's always you, your t-shirt and your piano. That's your signature. What's up with that? Yeah, the piano is a big part of my life. I've been writing for many, many years now. It's, you know, for uh, what, 17 years. I love finding places to live in that have a grand piano in them. The place I'm leasing here has a beautiful grand piano downstairs, which is amazing. And for me, it's a representation as well. So not only does it allow me to make a greater impact because of the work that I do and having a grand piano on stage with the talks that I deliver to be able to provide an experience that you just can't get with other speakers, but it's also a symbol of the utilization of your unique talents and strengths to make a greater impact. 
I believe that everybody has a unique set of talents and strengths. Some of them natural, some of them are developed over time. But we have this unique set that makes us unique in this world, that makes us only us and can allow us to make an impact in the only way that we can. Now, that might not be a piano for somebody. It could be building a technology. It could be leading a class. It could be changing an entire industry. But the piano is really a representation of you can utilize your unique talents and strengths to make a greater impact in the world and do it in a way that only you can. So that's really a, a way of inspiring people to take on that in their own unique way. But yeah, it's a fun thing to be able to do as well. I love being able to deliver those talks where I do have a grand piano on stage. It's where I feel at home and it's a, a beautiful experience to be able to share with people around the world. Awesome. So Cameron, one of my goals is to be connected with you somehow. I'm a big fan because I see you as someone who greatly values others. And that beautiful mind and heart is always at work. One of my goals is to connect either via coaching or collaborating in a project. And I know that many of the listeners are thinking the same. So what are some things that they can do to connect with you and your important work? Sure. Again, really appreciate the kind words. For those tuning in, speaking is a potential from a collaboration point of view, whether it's a conference, whether it's a summit, whether it's a specific type of engagement that's an opening or a closing keynote, for example, or something similar, where they really want a unique experience for the audience. I think that's a really important thing to talk about is you know, being able to have a grand piano on stage is a pretty cool thing. I think the beautiful thing is it's, it's beautiful for students, it's beautiful for adults as well. You know, there's a different talk for each that happens there. Um, but yeah, really, that's a major way. The other is the coaching that I do. I continue to love working with people who are wanting to change and wanting to step up to that next level and maybe haven't worked out a way to actually do that yet. So love helping people to really break through and, and live a more fulfilling and impactful life in the world. And then, yeah, from time to time, there are different projects like this latest one where we took the grand piano out into the wild. There'll be future projects like that where there's the ability for people to be involved from a, a partnership point of view, a sponsorship point of view. So yeah, there's always creative ways that I'm looking to demonstrate on the stage how we can utilize technology to leverage our impact. So yeah, I, I always like hearing from people there. The easy other way is, is simply jumping onto the website, thrivingcollective.com, and otherwise the social media handle, which is Ask Cameron Brown, A-S-K Cameron Brown on Facebook and Instagram and all the other social channels. Beautiful. So thrivingcollective.com. Yeah. Cameron, thank you so much for your time, for your energy, for your love, for your passion. Thank you very much. It's been absolutely great being on here today. Great questions. And uh, I really hope that the insights shared today for those tuning in, that it really inspires you into action, not just inspires you, but to inspires you into interaction. That's what we need more than ever right now, especially in the education system. We really have the opportunity to transform that industry. And if we do it, then we give ourselves hope for our future. That's what I truly believe. If we don't, then we're in some serious trouble. So, you know, those tuning in that are in this industry really take this on take it to heart and think about what can I do to allow our next generation to really thrive at their level of excellence and thrive in this digital age. I think we're in a really beautiful and a magical time to be alive. We have just amazing opportunity to really transform this. So yeah, like I said, I really hope that it inspires you into action and, and would love to hear from any of you who would love to have a conversation. Great. Thank you so much, my friend. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. 
So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.